Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby of Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Um, we, we just got through doing one service in Kiowa, Colorado, and we drove about 90 down Callahan Road, most of it sideways. And so uh, Ty was trying to visit, but I know he was praying most of the way, which I am thankful for. So uh, anyway, without further ado, if you do have your Bibles, if you want to follow along with us, we're going to start off in Jeremiah chapter 8, and then we're going to be in Philippians chapter 3. Uh, last week, uh, I told a story just to fill y'all in that, that weren't here uh, about me and a buddy had to go rope a... Uh, a sick calf and I and I was kind of snake bit on the deal because um he had called me twice before for help and and j- just because of circumstances I I had previous engagements and the and the second time he called wanted me to help I mean it was roping wild cattle now guys when I talk about roping wild cattle I'm talking about we had to get every they had to get every single one of them out of the pasture and I'm not talking about just just cattle that kind of run off and don't want to go in the pens. I'm talking about wild cattle that, that you could uh, wear out a horse to the point of, of, of hurting the horse. I mean, that type of wild cattle. And I wasn't, I wasn't able to go last year because of a, a wedding that I was doing. So when my buddy called me this uh, third time two weeks ago and he said, hey, man, I need some help. I was like, I, I don't care what's going to happen. I'm going to make it help. Because here, here's a little... Uh, a little deal about serving, okay? Serving is bringing out the best in somebody, and and somebody might ask for assistance um, once. They may ask it twice, but you know, if you ever get the opportunity to serve as being a cowboy, if you turn them down that third or fourth time, you're probably not going to get a fourth or a fifth call in order to serve. So I was like, man, I'm going to make this happen. It doesn't matter what happens. I'm going to figure out a way. So we went out there and, uh, I, I, there, there's really something special in my life because I've got a big bay horse that is a faith healer. And, and we went out there and this poor calf, man, his old ears were hanging down. You could just see this old calf didn't have any energy whatsoever, but I took my big bay horse up there and I shucked out a loop and I tied hard and fast and all of a sudden that calf was healed because its ears came up and it had afterburner flames flying out of his butt about that far and he could run like an F-16 fighter jet. But my bay horse could run about that fast and so we got up there and I threw a loop and I missed and I rebuilt again and I threw another loop and I missed and I built me a third loop and I missed again and then my buddy come up there like it was no big deal and caught him on the first loop. And then it took me as many loops to heal him as as it did to to try to get him headed. And so I finally got it done and, and, and we were done in 10 minutes. So I preached that sermon last week and then on, on Monday or Tuesday, my buddy calls again. He's like, man, that calf just, he just still ain't quite right. Can, can you go help me doctor him again? I said, yeah, it, this is the time frame that I can go. And so that morning I had an appointment at, uh, at about one. So I told him I could go about four. And then my appointment called at one and said, I'm not going to be available till four. Can you do that? And, you know, I know I'm the only one. I know none of y'all are like this, but my wife calls me Mr. Planner Planny Guy. Okay. 
And I'm usually a go with the flow as long as the flow goes according to the way I planned it. And so I started getting all messed up, you know, oh my gosh, you know, what if he can't go and I've got to help him and which one am I going to miss? So I called my buddy. I'm like, hey man, I had a change of plans. I said, can you go at one instead of four? And he goes, yeah, man, that'll even work better for me. So I'm like, go God, right? So anyway, he comes and gets me and we go out there and we trot out there and, and uh, we find the calf and, or he finds the calf and he's like, I found it. And I said, well, get after it. And so anyway... He takes off after this calf, and there's a there's a pretty nasty little draw in there. I mean, it it, it it's kind of I wouldn't say it's man from Snowy River, but it may be like the man from uh, you know, maybe Light Rain River or something. You know, I mean, you're not gonna die in it, but you know that doesn't mean you can run full speed. But to his credit, man, he had his yellow horse and he stayed right with that calf and I'm just kind of trotting along and I cut the corner, right? <laughs> so I let him chase him about a quarter of a mile and I knew that calf was coming back. So I cut the corner. He ran up there and he threw a loop and he missed. And so I was like, oh, redemption is at hand. I'm tired of failing on this calf. So I built up to him and I'm swinging. I'm like, I got you zeroed in, locked on. And right as I go to throw that calf, is like, this is crap. I'm stopping. And he just stops and I blow past him, miss my loop, everything. So my buddy rebuilds and he goes up there. And you think a calf that's just trotting will be easier to rope? It's not. Because when you're used to running full speed and then the calf is just trotting, you usually overshoot him or something. But to his credit, man, he took his time. He reached out there. He roped it. He walked off with it instead of letting it windmill around. And I come in there and I healed it, double hocked it on the first deal. And we got it done. And I told him, I said, hey, man, we're getting better. He goes, what? I said, we're getting better. It took us half the loops. He said, I didn't miss last time. And I said, well, I did. So even though you missed, we cut our loops in half because of me. And even though I had failed on a total of about four head loops on that calf, I rebuilt, shucked it off, and we got it done. And I've got a confession to make to all of you. I don't know most of you, but I've got a confession to make. It's not just roping that I've been a failure. I've been a failure most of my life. I've failed at being a husband. I have failed at being a father. I've failed at being a friend. I failed at being a cowboy. I've failed more times than you've probably ever thrown a loop. I've missed that many times. I've failed at training and starting horses. I've even failed at being a Christian. I have failed in ministry. I've failed in more sermons than you can ever imagine. I've even failed at writing books. Most people's never even tried. And I've failed at it. I told my wife about 10 days ago. I said, honey, I got a confession to make. I failed. And although I might have failed, there's one thing that I've never done. I've never quit. I might have failed more times than most people have ever tried. But the one thing that I've never done that isn't in my vocabulary is quit. You see, most people fail because, because they're scared of failing. Okay? They're scared of failing. They quit long before they fail. I mean, th th they try something a couple of times and then they quit. They, they never even reach the point 
of actually failing. Because you know what? You have to work real, real, real hard at something for a long, long, long time before you truly fail. I know because I've made my life. I've built a cowboy life, a cowboy ministry, not out of successes, but out of failing, but never, ever quit. Today, I'm going to teach you the art of perfecting failure. And I, and I know that that's counterintuitive. I, I know that you're sitting there thinking, man, why would you be teaching me to fail? Because that's how we grow. That's how we grow. The first thing that you got to know if you want to perfect the art of failing is to don't quit. Don't quit. Failure, listen to me close. Failure is for the brave. Quitting is for cowards. Failure is for the brave. It, 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 is, it is solely reserved for those with guts enough to keep doing something, even to the point of failure, especially to the point of failure. Failure is for the brave. Quitting is for cowards. In Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 4, this is what it says. This is what the Lord says. Now, I, I didn't say that, okay? This is word for word out of the New Living Translation, Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 4. This is what the Lord says. When people fall down, don't they get up again? When they discover that they're on the wrong road, don't they turn back? See, if you, if you want to be able to get to the point of failure and learn how to not quit, then you have to get back up even after you fall. As a matter of fact, you can't get back up unless you do fall. You know, we had uh, one of our cowboys this past Thursday night that broke his ankle, doctoring a bull. They had roped it by the neck. They had already doctored it, laid it down just as, I mean, when, when you're roping 2,000 pound animals on 1,500 pound animals and you've got ropes and you're tied off, there's nothing more dangerous than that. And this is out in the pasture. This is not in a controlled environment. And right as they were fixing to let this bull up, he slipped a front leg and a cowboy got down there to do his job, to do what a cowboy does. And all of a sudden that bull threw his head and broke his right ankle in half. But you want to know the crazy part about that? The moral of the story is not about him doing his job of caring for another animal. <laughs> that dude got back on his horse with his ankle sticking out the wrong way. There's no quit in that man. That's a man that will push himself to failure. Even when you don't think it is possible, when something like that happens, a man will get up even when he, don't thinks he, when he doesn't think he can. That's a man that will push himself to failure, giving everything he's got, leaving nothing left, and never complaining. That's a man. You know, I asked Ty, I said, he, he called me, and he, see, he said, hey, man, Brett, Brett broke his ankle, had a bull slam his head against the ground, and unfortunately, Brett's leg was right there, broke his ankle in half. And I said, what did Brett do when that happened? He said, he went, <clears throat> he said, you heard the bone snap. He said, the bone snapping was louder than what Brett let out of his mouth. Now, if it was me, I'd have looked like a chicken when my head had been cut off. I'd have been flopping out there and squawking like you wouldn't believe. Okay. But not Brett. Brett is as tough as they come. 
And that's the kind of people that belong with Save the Cowboy. That's the kind of people that ride the narrow trail. That's kind of the people that ain't got no quit in them. Jeremiah chapter 8 verse 4. This is what the Lord says. When people fall down, don't they get up again? When they discover they're on the road, the wrong road, don't they turn back? See, I I wasn't there that night. That's the night that is date night for me and my wife. If you're married, I highly suggest having a weekly night that you go out and sit across from each other and, and, and smile and listen and all of those good things that you do on date night. Well, that's where I was. And, uh, while he's going toe to toe with a, with a 2000 pound bull, I was in Denver with traffics and roundabouts. I don't know what it is about you people in Colorado. See, I'm originally from outside of San Angelo, Texas, and you folks from Colorado, you love roundabouts. I still ain't hardly figured them out, but I finally, my wife taught me how to to drive in a roundabout just not too long ago. She said, if you don't make eye contact, you have the right of way. (laughs) So if you're ever in Denver or Parker or Colorado Springs and you see a double cab Dodge Dooley with a flatbed on it, with a black cowboy hat and he's not looking at you, slow down because I've got the right of way. I have finally figured it out. I'm the one that can confuse GPS all I had to do was go get on, on, on C-470 or E-4, I don't know what it was, one of them 470 roads. And usually you can just cross under the underpass and hang a left, get on the on-ramp and get on. Well, I went under the underpass, turned left and, and, and drove up on a drug bus with cops with her, with her guns drawn and no on-ramp. So I had to wheel around and my GPS finally told me, well, if you're just going to do it your way, you just do it your way and I'll shut up. You know, let me let you in a little secret. We have built one of the largest cowboy ministries in the nation, independent cowboy ministries in the nation. Me and Ty and Andy and Stephen and Mitch and all the other people, Sherilyn, Andy, all of us that have a part in Save the Cowboy. And there's one secret besides God to our success. And that is we ain't got a clue what we're doing. We do not have a clue what we're doing. We just keep going. And and if we reach a box canyon, guess what we do? We don't quit. We just go back to where we know there's another trail. And we just go down that other trail. A lot of people come up and they say, well, I thought thought that thing was going to fall on me. It's like somebody's trying to attack me. Mounted shooters, we need you. See what I mean? We don't know what we're doing. But, you know, if you reach a part and there's nowhere else to go, there's nothing wrong with turning around and going back. See, when you don't turn around and go back and start over, man, there's only two options. Either turn around and go back, even if that means you failed, that's okay. You learned something. You might get back to the front of that trail and somebody else is coming down it. Guess what you get to do? You get to be a minister. You get to say, hey, man, don't go down there. It's a dead end. Come with me. Let's go up here. We'll both find a way. There's nothing wrong with that. We don't know what we're doing. Listen, you're either going to perfect the art of failing or perfect the art of quitting. Failing is for the brave. Quitting is for cowards. The second thing, if you want to perfect the art of failing, you got to do something that's double tough. And some of you ain't going to like it. I get it. I didn't like it either. 
But this came as an epiphany to me just about 10 days ago. And it has totally transformed my life in just about 10 days. And I believe it can do the same for you. You got to give yourself permission to fail. You got to give yourself permission to fail. If you don't give yourself permission to fail, then you'll give yourself an excuse to quit. Pick one. You'll either give yourself permission to fail or you'll give yourself permission to make an excuse and quit. In Philippians chapter 3 verses 12 through 14, Paul talks about this. He says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. This, now, listen, this is Paul, okay? Ain't none of y'all been riding on a donkey to Damascus, been struck blind, and had the Lord appear to you, okay? Paul did, though. And Paul himself is saying, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. But I press on to perspire to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. If I, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Man, if you want to reach the art of perfecting failure man you can't quit and you have to give yourself permission to fail give yourself permission to fail but do not give yourself permission to give up paul says it's the secret to perfecting failure is to focus on one thing forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead in other words let me put this in simplified cowboy terms for you okay Give yourself a break. Okay? Give yourself a break. I didn't say give yourself a hall pass to do whatever you feel like doing, did I? I did not say that it's okay and you can go do whatever you want, however you want, whenever you want, with whoever you want. That's not what I said. I said give yourself a break. I didn't say make excuses and excuse yourself from all responsibility. I said to give yourself a break. Listen, nobody ever grew closer to God by beating themselves up. Man, some of you have been carrying stuff around that happened last week or last year or two years ago or 20 years ago. Man, you've been carrying that around inside and you ain't forgiven yourself. Man, you've you got to let that go in order to move forward. Some of you think that by holding on to that pain and not giving yourself a break that you're doing something grand. You're just hurting yourself and you're hurting others too. Give yourself a break. The other thing that Paul said is look forward to what lies ahead. Listen, I, this might be the most important question that I ask you all day. And if you've been turning me out, man, I get it. Been walking by, I, I get it. But I do have an important question. It might be the most important question you get asked all week, maybe ever. Do you want what God has to offer? Do you want what God has to offer? Because listen, if you don't want to reach the top of Mount Everest, you won't risk your life to get there. Okay? In other words, you'll quit. See, most people, they, they, they want the rewards that God has to offer, but they don't want to live the life that he has called us to live. Now, we don't get those rewards because we earn them somehow, 
But because we are willing to ride that narrow, steep trail, then the rewards come. So what does God have to offer you? I could preach the rest of my life on that one question. What does God have to offer you? But let me just summarize just a few things that I think are really important to each and every one of you. Whether you're a young old kiddo or whether you're advanced age or 23 like me. He will always love you. That's what he has to offer. He will always love you. And listen, I know some of you is married. I know some of you is divorced. And I don't care if you're married, divorced, or single, or what the case is. I know you've been lonely. And God said he'd never leave your side. He said that he would always, always be there. That loneliness you feel is just an attachment to worldly things. Because if we truly understand that God said that he would never leave us nor forsake us, then we can never be lonely. God said he would always love us. He said he would always be there. He said he'd guide you. And he said that he'd believe in you. He believed in you and loved you enough that he sent his only son to die on a cross so you could be with him. What more could we ask for? He has created a place where there is no pain, where there is no sorrow, where there is perfection for eternity. There is no tears, no traffic, no foot rot bulls, no roundabouts, no disease and no depression. Do you want what God has? Everybody wants all that. But are you willing to ride the trail that God has laid out? And you want to know what that trail is in a nutshell? Love him and serve others. And you know what serving others is? That doesn't mean you're doing everything for everybody else. That means you're willing to do whatever you can by whatever means that you have at your disposal at that moment to bring out the best in others. Man, he asks a lot, doesn't he? He just asks us to love him and bring out the best in others to the absolute best of our abilities. And he asks that we keep going, that we don't quit. And by keep going, I mean following that narrow trail that his son gave his life to lay out for you to follow. We have to have the discipline to learn from our mistakes. We have to have the discipline to learn from our mistakes because you see a habitual mistake is not a mistake. It's a choice. A habitual mistake is no longer a mistake. It's a choice that we make. And in Philippians chapter three, also skipping down about four verses, starting in 18, Paul says, for I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite and they brag about shameful things and they think only about this life here on earth. You can't, you can't perfect the art of failing without learning from your mistakes. Repeated mistakes means you've quit. Doesn't mean you failed. You quit long before you fail. Why do we repeat the same mistakes over and over and over? Because we'd rather have temporary pleasure rather than permanent purpose. It's because we choose the pride of being right 
over the humility of doing what is right. And because we want the reward of God without living the life of God by loving him and serving others by bringing out the best in them. I told you that I would teach you the art of failing. Most people don't fail because they quit. Long, long, long before they ever fail. Quitting is for cowards. Failing is for the brave and the courageous. How do you have, how do you have perfecting failure? Give yourself the permission to fail. Have the discipline to learn from your mistakes and grow. Growth is made up of three things. Not quitting, giving yourself permission to fail, and the discipline to learn from your mistakes without habitually making them over and over and over. In the words of my good friend, Jay Kershey, he said, I get accused of biting off more than I can chew, but I'd rather choke on success than subsist on mediocrity. Go out there, go fail, go be great, and go follow God. Let's go to him in prayer. Father, we've failed you not because we've made mistakes, but because we quit on you. God, I'm tired of surrounding myself with quitters. I'm tired of being a quitter, and so are all these people here today. God, you didn't bring them here by accident. You didn't let them turn on a computer by accident. They are not watching by accident. They are the outcasts and outlaws of society, just like your first disciples. Make all of us your disciples and help us to go further, go harder, and live like you would have us to. God, dare us to dream, dare us to do, dare us to go, and dare us to be. Dare us to be like you. And double dog dare us to go change the world one person at a time. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.